Call her up and tell her we can't go. Tell her I made another engagement. Tell her anything. Say, who is this Peggy Stevenson? She's a girl. I didn't think she was a kangaroo. Everyone missed that because it was <laughs> muted. That was amazing. Guess what? Uh, that was really freaking loud in my ears. Good job. Headphones are done. And the headphones. And we're done with and the we're headphones. Done with the headphones. And we're done with the. What is it? And we're done with the chicken fried rice. Is that what it is? Now just gonna look. Hi everybody. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode. No, and we're done with the yogurt. And we're done with the... No, I thought it was, and we're done with the chicken fried rice. No, and we're done with the yogurt. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. Oh, there's a Facebook page, apparently. Oh, wow. It. There's a Facebook page for everything. Why is there 176 people who And yogurt like... is spelled wrong. Yogurt. 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 Wow, now that we're a minute into the episode, so should we maybe tell them what we watched? Oh, hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. We started? Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to, like, edit out the beginning of this. Anyway. Meh. Meh. <laughs> so, welcome to episode 67. Yes. Movie. Movies. Number, I don't know. 38? 37. Is 37? It, I'm so lost as to what episode we were on. 37. Right Mostly because we're we're just <laughs> two weeks ahead. Yeah, and we're billowing through billowing. Billowing. We're plowing. Billowing we are through. gently lacy, wafting gently wafting curtains <laughs> through, through our through these movies. Yes, 37. Because yes. we watched oh, Treasure Sierra Madre last week. <laughs> okay then. Good job, Jeff. Anyway, we I'll watched be over here quiet for the next of the part. We watched the best years of our lives from 1946. Two hours and 52 minutes. It's a drama romance war movie. It's an 8.2 out of 10. Uh, no meta score. And it was directed by William Wyler. Strawing. 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 Starring Frederick March, Dana Andrews, who's a gentleman, Myrna Loy, Teresa Wright, Virginia Mayo, introducing Kathy O'Donnell, Hoagie Carmichael. Harold and Harold Russell. We'll just leave Harold Russell as the end. Yes. He's the, one of the more important ones. Written by Robert E. Sherwood and Mc, Mc, McKinley, spelled M-A-C-K-I-N-L-A-L-A-Y. Wow. So Mc- Cantor, who's Mc- who's God. McKinley. I know. I was, or just to, I was just trying to like think of like how you would, how it looks like it's. Yeah. McKinley. 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 I was, <laughs> so I'm like, McKinley? Um, Robert E. Sherwood, who wrote this movie, also wrote Rebecca. That's the Alfred Hitchcock film? Mm-hmm. Not bad. Nope. I'm looking at other stuff to see what else he wrote. Roger Ebert gave this a uh, four out of four, by the way. Okay. I just had to look that up. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do my necessary pre. Uh, we only had research. like two hours, Jeff. We only had like three hours. <laughs> oh yeah, it was three hours. This movie's two hours and fifty some odd minutes long. Yes. Yeah, those are the only two you would know him from. That's the one thing I've noticed about this movie, except for the director, who we previously said did Ben Hur. Mm-hmm. This movie feels like it's a bunch of people that I have never seen in anything else. But Dana Andrews was in like the Oxbow incident. See, and his and name Laura. sounds really familiar. Like I, he was on Falcon Crest. He like, was on the Love Boat. 
And I don't know why he, like, I've heard that name be mentioned in something. Like, I don't know if it was one of those, like, if it was, excuse me, if it was a movie from this era that mentioned Dana know. Andrews, or if it was like a Dial of Lucy episode or something like that. Like, Maybe. It, he sounded, that name sounded really familiar, but I still, I've never, I have never seen any of these people in other movies. Like He was yeah. in a movie called The Satan Bug. Like, I looked it up, and I went, oh, yeah, yeah, totally, I understand. Like, I, I saw, I know the things that he was in. He was in the, he was an episode of The Twilight Zone? Yeah, and that's the thing, is, like, I know the things they've been in, but I no just, I like don't recollect. Scientists attempts to use a time machine to prevent tragedies, both in world history and his own past. Season 4, episode 10. See, that, that episode of The Twilight Zone sounds really familiar. Is that, was that an hour-long one? Or was this when they switched to the half hour? Yes, it was a 51-minute long one, and so I've never seen it because I won't watch the hour-long ones. I like the half-hour long ones. You like ones. the half-hour short I do. Yeah. Twilight Zones? I like the Twilight Zone. That's how the Twilight Zone's supposed yeah. to be. So essentially, I only really like the first like two seasons, two or say, three seasons. They started switching over to the hour-longs. Yep. Well, now that we've discussed the Twilight Zone, yeah. um, this movie. Comanche. Um, Elephant Walk. Um, thought, quick thoughts about it. What did you like? Did you like it? I liked it. I liked it was it. pretty okay. It, I wasn't looking forward to it. No. And I didn't love I've it. I've never seen this movie. I've never seen it. I didn't love it. Would I recommend it to people? If you like this era of film, yeah. Which I'm starting to grow a soft spot for. Mm-hmm. Because as we established early in this podcast, I used to not like movies from this era. Yeah. And I'm generally generally liking them for the most part. Which is good. That's yeah. good. It's good that it... That's kind of the point of this, for me to grow as a film person. So see, now you've grown and are growing. Now all that has to happen is I have to learn to like Easy Rider. No, you don't. That's never going to happen. Um, so <laughs> Sorry. Uh, because I'm never going to love the Charlie Chaplin movies true. as much as you do. That's true. I didn't love Easy Rider, so don't get me wrong. No, 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 no. And I'm... I'm <laughs> we both have to learn to love. Yes. Stop these jokes. No, we don't. <laughs> my podcast, my rules. Ben her. Maybe. We haven't watched it yet. <laughs> First episode, we still haven't watched that movie. I know. Okay. Um, Should I do the plot real yeah, quick? Yeah, do your, do your plot. Of the actual movie? Because I didn't even read that. Three World yeah. War II veterans return home from two small town America to discover that they and their families have been irreparably changed. And the way they said that, like that, that synopsis is very dark and makes it sound like terrible things are going to happen because i kept waiting for people to kill themselves yeah. to be completely honest with you yeah and we were i don't know what that, that says about me no but i mean you but that 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 summary that's when you see like usually when it's like they come home we first off usually you have this mental image of like people coming home from more nowadays like, yeah, as we were discussing. or Vietnam because we watched a lot of Vietnam War movies right. so far. We've Where got one coming up. People coming home from the war, and you see, you see, they discover that you know things have been changed. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, things have been changed basically, uh, irreparably. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, yes, because it was in the summary. And I it was. Couldn't remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> um, you immediately go, oh crap! People are gonna be dating other people. They're gonna gonna kill themselves. Like it's gonna go that route because that's more of a modern thing. Though there was that one point in this movie, it did look like it did look like that character was going to yeah, it do did. In. I was very concerned. Like it was going that direction. I was Concernicus. <laughs> I don't know. I am Spartacus. Um, I am Spartacus. But 
Okay, what is what did, did you did you what is your thought? You know, I didn't really come up with anything for this one. I was not feeling witty about this movie. Just like I only have two stuff. Oh, you didn't have any earlier in the no, movie. No, so. it took me over halfway through the film. But I think we have a lot of inflation nation. Oh my god. Which is another one thing that didn't it didn't start until like halfway through the movie and all of a sudden it just took off. Yeah. Actually, it was like 45 minutes into the yes, movie. Yes, because it was when they go to get work. Yes. Yeah. But it uh, yeah. Well, you know, and it's okay if you don't have a I don't have comment. anything cute to say about it. And that's the one thing. What, if, what even should I? I feel like, no, you know what? Don't even bother. Don't okay. have some. Just don't even, because I don't okay. have Inflation Nation and stuff of things there for yeah. a while. So it's so. it's one of those where I think it's like, there are going to be certain movies on the list where we just can't. Yeah. And don't But this is like it. one of the first ones where I haven't had a cute summary. Yeah. Adorable summary. Oh my God. So many people are going to be upset. I know they're not. There is there is at least fours of tens people and tens of people who are like no I want that summary God no that's it podcast no God. over um well let's curse your son of a betrayal <laughs> mine is an evil shit. laugh <laughs> well let's because I said no God because oh that's that's from Firefly well let me do awards because that's quick. okay. Then, Sorry for yawning, everybody. I now work a job where I have to get up at four in the morning to be at work by five. So if I yawn now, that's just you're too bad. <laughs> everybody at home, play the yawn, yawning count game. Yep. And I'm going <laughs> to eat something right now, too. <sighs> Did you get my message in the episode? Yeah. We were all you can hear is me chewing gum. I apologized. <laughs> I was listening to it, editing it, and all I could hear was you... But what's weird? Quietly in the background. But what's weird is I chew gum for like every episode. That's the first time you can hear me chewing it. And I, I don't know if I just put the microphone closer. I'll move the microphone towards me for this portion of the episode. I'm just eating a Swedish fish. I'm not going to be eating it for like an hour. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the corner that is my head. I'll move that back because that's a little creepy. Okay, it is a little creepy. It's so, like your NPR voice. It is my NPR voice. All right. Well, let me do the awards and then we'll come back to the trivia. <clears throat> Mike Did you wrote, know my tooth isn't stumpy anymore? Well, that's good. Thanks. <laughs> I got fixed the other day. I apologize. My throat decided it just wanted to stop working, and that's why I chose. Well, good. Then I can fill the dead air with me talking about the fact that my tooth isn't stumpy anymore. So, <laughs> moving on to the... Okay. See, he's still choking, so I can keep talking about my tooth. Air... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff choking isn't funny. Lindsay is going to watch me die is what's going to happen. <clears throat> going to be on the podcast. It'll be a great finale, I guess, for me. All right, well, let's move on. So the awards for this um, great film, this this film, this good film, this inter- is entertaining film. I don't want to make it sound like I did not like it. I, I did. Right. Like it, so um, it was nominated for nine Oscars. And with an additional 12 awards, the Oscars that it was nominated for but did not win was Best Sound. Okay. It was nominated for and won... Ow. (laughs) Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role for Harold Russell, Best Director, Best Writing slash Screenplay, Best Film Editing, Best Music for a Dramatic... Or for a drama or a comedy, sorry. And then it won, which I'm probably going to steal one of your trivia, but it was part of the awards, so I figured it was okay. Yeah. It won an honorary award okay. for Harold Russell, and for a specific reason of bringing hope and courage to his fellow veterans for appearing in the film. Yep. And for those of you who have seen the movie, 
or even if you haven't, uh, Harold Russell's character in the film, and it's not a big shocker, it's pretty early in the film, yeah. does not have hands. His right. hands were blown off yep. during war. And in real life, the actor, Harold Russell, that actually happened when yep. he was in North Carolina or something like that, at, in, in Dynamite blew off his hands. So he actually has hooks. So they put him in um, the movie as a character who had that disability. That was all part of the the film. It was his whole character's plot. So they gave him an honorary award and it's the only time in history of the Academy Awards that an actor has won two awards for the same part. Because that's, that's, yep. that's the only time it's ever happened. And then, uh, so yeah, so it won a bunch of, it won nine Oscars. Or sorry, it won eight Oscars out of the nine, or out of eight that it was nominated for, it won all, it won, fuck, this is confusing as hell, because the honorary award is an extra award, so it won a good chunk of the uh, Oscar nominations. And then the film was entered into the National Film Registry in 1989, so it was one of the first films that got put into the National Film Registry, I think, along with The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, I think. Treasure of Sierra the Madre. I think it was that I one. I don't even care. Or no, it might have been Doctor Strangelove. It must be either one of those two. Uh, so yeah, that is all I have for the awards. I'm going to move the microphone back over to Lindsay. Okay. I'm going to stop checking my Tumblr while hey. Jeff's talking. That's not interesting. I, you were talking about things I already knew because they're in the trivia. Why did you move it back towards you? I just realized it was at an awkward angle and then you can't hear me. Okay. So. <laughs> I am important. Time for trivia. Yeah! Harold Russell was first discovered by William Wyler when he saw an army training film called Diary of a Sergeant from 1945 that Russell had appeared in about the rehabilitation of wounded servicemen. Director William Wyler was furious when he learned that Samuel Goldwyn had sent Harold Russell for acting lessons. He preferred Russell's untrained natural acting. Which, by the way, Harold did a really, really good job in this film. Again, for not being an actor, he did a really great job. During the wedding scene at the end, Harold Russell fluffed his lines during his vows. I think that's supposed to be flubbed, but I liked fluffed. (laughs) Fluffed. It says fluffed. It's funny. (laughs) Rather than calling cut and ordering a retake, William Wyler liked how natural it sounded and the take was used. Um, To avoid awkwardness, when he first met his fellow cast members, Harold Russell made it a point of reaching out with his hooks and taking their hands, thus putting them at ease with his disability. William Wyler, who served as an a major in as as sorry, as a major in the Army Air Force during World War II, incorporated his own wartime experiences into the film. Just as Fred Derry did in the movie, Wyler flew a B flew B-17s in combat over Germany, although rather than being a bombardier as Derry was, um Sorry, Weiler shot footage for documentary films. His hearing was permanently damaged when an anti-aircraft shell exploded near his plane while on a bombing raid. Additionally, he modeled the reunion of Al and Millie in which they first see each other at opposite ends of a long hallway on his own homecoming to his wife, Margaret Talichet. Schnazzy. William Wyler patterned the fictional Boone City after Cincinnati, Ohio. It always sounded like they were saying Boom City. Yeah. Not Boone. Boone. With an N, <laughs> like the character on Lost. Pour some on the curb for Boone. For his performance as Homer Parrish, Harold Russell became the <laughs> only actor to win two Academy Awards for the same role, as Jeff's previously said. Yes. I stole your trivia. No, the Academy <laughs> Board of Governors thought he was a long shot to win, so they gave him the honorary award for bringing hope and courage to his fellow veterans through his appearance, and later in the ceremony, he won for Best Supporting Actor. Interesting. 
Which, you know what, that's cool though. That is cool that they weren't, God, he's probably not going to win, mm-hmm. but so let's give him something anyways. Yep. And then they went, oh crap, he won. Crap. <laughs> well, that's fine, we made two of them. The airplane graveyard where Dana Andrews' character finds his old bomber was a real graveyard for thousands of B-17 and B-25 bombers, along with numerous fighter planes. The crew washed down Andrews' bomber, then hit it with dust to make it stick on the forward turret for a grittier look. Though the salvage crew scene was part of the movie, in real life, such work crews did dismantle the old planes to make housing for returning veterans. Which is just so weird to think about, like, that they took the planes... That the veterans, good chance, flew in yeah. and stripped them down to make houses out for of them. For them to live in. For them to live in. Like, they never escaped Which the is plane. both, I know, I I don't know how I feel about that. It's, anyway, it's, it's I a, know, I don't it's, know. It's messed up. I like, understand the sentiment, but I, looking back on it, I don't know how good of an idea that was. It, it would honestly be like taking a tank or any kind of vehicle from a war nowadays and turning it into a car yeah. or a house. Being like, yeah, you yeah. know, you spend all that time in this, we're just going to make you live in it. There's something oh, subconscious no. about that. That's weird. Ooh. I shut the trivia screen. Fail. Sorry. Okay. Yawn. Yeah, I know. Don't I'm fail. I'm also very low energy, <laughs> you'll notice. It's I'm trying. because, A, I haven't eaten. <laughs> I'm tired. I, I'm trying to keep the energy up it's for fine. everybody. It's fine. In order to give a fil- the really film sad. a documentary style... <laughs> Sorry. Did you just randomly go, I'm really sad, yes. in the background? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> God. In order to give the film a documentary-style realism, the director drew each member of the crew, props, grip, mixers, etc., from the ranks of World War II veterans. So everyone that worked on the movie was apparently a World War II veteran. I only say apparently because I'm not going to go through and cross-reference all that. I will. Okay. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> Director William Wyler despised Hugo Friedhofer's Oscar-winning score for this film. William Wyler wanted a completely unglamorous look, requiring all costumes to be bought off the rack and worn by the cast before filming and making sure all sets were built smaller than life-size. In 1946, this became the most successful film at the box office since Gone with the Wind, which was released seven years earlier in 1939. Hmm. Um, Harold Russell's character was originally written as a war veteran suffering from combat trauma. This was changed to a physical disability when Russell joined the cast. In the, in the film, Frederick March's character, Al Stevenson, is a banker. Before becoming an actor, March had a career in banking. In a scene at Butch's bar, Homer asked Butch if he would play him a song for him. How about Lazy River, Homer asked. Remember that? Hoagie Carmichael, who plays Butch, composed Lazy River. I knew that name was familiar. I knew it was familiar. Yeah, it's probably from something in my grad school stuff with American musical theater and song pop music stuff. Uh, This was the first time that... Myrna Loy had worked with William Wyler, and she was wary of his reputation as 90-take Willie. As it turned out, the two got along very well. (laughs) Kathy O'Donnell, who plays Wilma, went on to marry William Wyler's brother, Robert Wyler. Myrna Loy received top billing as she was the most successful female star at the time. She was one of those... Like silent screen actors, okay. actresses. Not maybe not necessarily silent screen, but that era of yeah. acting. Like her profile photo is obviously from like the early, like late twenties, early thirties. This is the first film role for which Kathy O'Donnell in the role of Wilma received screen credit. Her film debut was in Wonder Man from nineteen forty five as an uncredited extra in a nightclub scene. Hmm. 
According to his biographer, producer Samuel Goldwyn re-released the film in a modified format to play on wide screens. It opened with all the hoopla of a new picture, including a gala premiere in Washington, D.C. on February 3rd, 1954, with Sherman Adams, five Supreme Court justices, two cabinet members, and 24 senators in attendance. There was a $250,000 advertising campaign uh, advertising it as the most honored picture of all time. The film grossed another $11 million. Sorry, that's $1 million. Not 11, 1 million. <laughs> a little bit of a difference there. Shh, I'm tired. It's. Are you going cross-eyed? <laughs> a little bit. Virginia Mayo had read the novel Glory for Me, which is what the I believe the movie is based on, and envisioned herself as Mary Marie Derry. When producer Samuel Goldwyn refused to give her the part, she had pictures of herself taken at a local bar. Convinced that convinced Goldwyn, who was simultaneously working on The Secret Life of Walter Mitty from 1947, to <laughs> give her the part over the objections of director William Wyler. Which, and I apologize, apparently William Wyler... This is his first post-war movie. In, in Back in the day, was basically the second most respected director in Hollywood. Just because we didn't like Ben-Hur. No, and I know... Because like, we didn't watch it from like, the beginning. But like looking like looking into his history, like you see this guy did... This guy is like one of the found, like founding yeah, directors of he's Hollywood. he's important. And I understand that. That doesn't right. even have to like his movies. Right below John Ford, apparently, for hmm. directing. And it's like, oh, okay. So he'd be the equivalent of like... I was going to say George Lucas, but I'm like, no. <laughs> this was William Wyler's last film for producer Samuel Goldwyn. The novel Glory for Me by McKinley Cantor, upon which Robert E. Sherwood based his screenplay, is written in blank verse. Which is a type of poetry. That's the end of my trivia. Sorry, I'm sleepy. Interesting trivia. Interesting trivia. Thank you. I feel like because of your tone, I should be playing like slow, quiet, like piano jazz I'm in the tired. background. And just being like, everybody listen to this episode with candles lit and just be quiet. Apparently, porn music is the first thing that popped into Lindsay's head. Well, anyways, um, we'll move on so we can wrap up the episode. <laughs> um, stuffing things with Jeff, I'll do first. Okay. Because then we'll end with inflation Asian. Okay. Stuffing things with Jeff, I have two, that's all. Number one, that customer at the drugstore probably should go see a doctor. He yeah. fell through a display case before tempered glass. Yeah, about that. And got punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Probably should see a doctor. He might be hurt. He might have a few lacerations. And number two, I have never heard the other lyrics to Here Come the Bride. Me neither. I no. I, Here comes the groom in his favorite blazer. That's not the lyrics. No, it's not. That's from How I Met Your Mother. Yes. All right, so Inflation Nation. Inflation Nation. I'm um, not that tired, and I can still do that. <laughs> Yay. Um, I went off of the year 1946. I went after the year that the movie was released. This may or may not have took place a couple years before. They never really gave a specific year. Right. So I just went off of the year the movie was released because I figured that's close enough. All right, seven, 79 cents was the cost for baby oil and powder in the drugstore. It's the equivalent of $9.60. 19 cents was the cost of toothpaste. Yep. That's $2.31. 69 cents is the cost of cold cream. That's the equivalent of $8.39. 17 cents was the cost of aspirin. That is the equivalent of $2.07. $400 was the amount Freddie was making per month in the military. Is the equivalent to $4,863. $12,000 was the... uh, 
was the pay, was the pay that Al was offered for the head of small loans at his old job. That is the equivalent to one hundred and forty five thousand eight hundred ninety dollars. Mm. That is why he couldn't believe what he was being offered. Yeah, because <laughs> he was basically making a six digit, like a nice six digit income. A thousand dollars. That's the amount Freddie has from. The hell did I write there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> from the, huh? Okay, Freddie had a thousand dollars. I don't remember why, because it was his fun from like the. It was from the um. It was like his army, his his pay from the military. From the military. Yeah. I wrote from the treasure. Treasury from the U.S. Treasury. treasury. That's it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, uh, definitely just wrote treasure from the treasure from the treasure, and I'm cool. like, that's not this movie. Uh, okay, so a thousand dollars is the amount that Freddie has from the U.S. Treasury. Uh, is the twelve thousand one hundred fifty-seven dollars? Okay. Dollar ninety-eight is the large jar of the bubble bath preparation formula, equivalent to twenty-four dollars and seven cents. Two hundred dollars is the amount that Homer gets paid a month from the military. It's two thousand four hundred thirty-one dollars. Uh, 1650 the cost of the perfume that the lady purchases at the drugstore. That is $200. So she spent 200 bucks on perfume, which I'm sure is really nice perfume. $2.83, the cost of the lotion that Freddie that Freddy jokingly offers Peggy is $34. $32.50, the amount that Freddie makes per week at the drugstore is $395. And finally, or at the end, I promise... Five hundred dollars. Well, I mean, the drunk Pam nod from the Dundies, where Jim's talking, and she just keeps nodding just keep at nodding. him. What? <laughs> what? Five hundred dollars is the amount that Marie was getting between her job at the nightclub and Freddie's military. I'm sorry, party. how much? Five hundred dollars. Is how much now? Is six thousand dollars. Jesus! Now I know she was mad. Yeah, she basically they they, they took a decent pay. Yeah, owie. Yeah. <laughs> so, that is Inflation Nation with Jeff. Um, let us move on to final discussions regarding the film. Question for you, Lindsay. Yes, Jeffrey. This film is very similar to The Deer Hunter. Yes, but a different war. A different war, a different era. And much less killing themselves. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. We never gave away the, the but end. But we never, we didn't say who was killing I who. didn't say who was killing anyone. Until you just said the ending. <gasps> Well, I, I think we no because we didn't we even mention that the ending had somebody getting killed in it. We just never yeah, said we just who. didn't say who or how. Okay, um, so knowing that this movie is dealing with World War II vets coming home and yep. dealing with their lives, whereas the Deer Hunter dealt with Vietnam vets coming home and dealing with their lives, which would you recommend to a person? Because if it came down to these two films, because Deer it's Hunter. very similar, similar, would you do the Deer, Deer Hunter? Hunter? Why? Because I think for us, in the generation in which we come from or live in, Mm -hmm. rather, Deer Hunter is more engaging. Can we relate to the Deer Hunter more? Do you feel like... No, I can't relate to either one of these movies. Because Because I'm a girl. That's true. And I've never had to go to war. And no one close to me in my family ever went to war for anything. So it's really hard for me to relate to these movies on a personal level, outside of I enjoy them. So Because I find them interesting, not because I enjoy watching people be sad. Right, right. So it comes down to the fact that we would do the deer hunter because it is. I don't want to say it's be, it's because it's a newer film, but because it's like is it 
the storytelling. I don't know. It might be the storytelling. It might be because we know who the people will know who the actors are in mm-hmm. Deer Hunter, which at least which for me, when I know an actor or, you know, I know, yeah, like an actor and know the actor's work, I'm more engaged with the film as opposed to going and seeing someone I don't know at all. Right. Three. I purposely not been counting. I know. I picked it up. It's Everybody fine. at home is counting. Yeah, it's fine. I'm so tired. <laughs> they have a tally funny. on their board. I now understand why Colin is the way he is now. <laughs> Which is why I'll never now, that, do that early of a shift. Oh, my God. But I'm done with work by 9. I was done with work at 9.02 this morning. But you're in bed by like 4. <laughs> no, I go to bed at like quarter to 8. And I can get up at like, I now know I can get up later than I got up this morning. Because I just shower and throw my hair up and go to work. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be there till five. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But, Sorry. No, no. Sidetrack. <laughs> but I would I would probably agree. And I it's a good point that you brought up about like there being actors in it that you know. Because yeah. this is probably I don't know anyone in this movie. This is probably the first film we have watched. No. No, because Shane, I didn't know anybody in Shane. I didn't know anybody in Shane. We didn't know anybody in Intolerance. We oh, didn't know true. anybody in um Sunrise, a song of two humans. So it's, and I can't even say it's like that. Well, I mean, they, a lot of them follow in that era, but I can't even say it's like a particular era. So there has been a couple. So it's it's one of the few films Let's where it's like. Let's go through the movies I didn't know people from. I just don't know anybody in this movie. But it brings up a good point that watching a movie where there's not at least somebody, or can't, could, no, because we can't even say the director, because we don't, well. Yeah, because like there's nobody from this movie that I know of. Leo, no, I don't the, either. We know the director. That's it. But that's only because it's. I don't know who Myrna Myrna Loy is yeah, that her name. Never, I don't know who she is. Jeff knew who she was because she's in a movie he's seen or something. Yeah, like it's barely like oh she's like. But again, it's one of those where it's, oh wow, Deer Hunter feels like it was way longer ago than it actually was. That's only what fifty three. Like, so it was only. That's not even Matoni movies. No. Wow. But, no, but think okay. of what we watched between then and now. So here's another question. Okay, so we, we're aware of why this movie is Oh, yeah. I totally understand why it, this is on the list. It did not move any places. It has maintained its position for the last however many years it's been on the list. Interesting. Um, its position on the list? You know, I feel like this would feel... It would, it would be good, and this is not... Like, I don't think it needs to move down the list. I guess I'm fine where it is, but mm-hmm. it would be an interesting thing to hold at 50. I don't know. I was just like, I want it to hold at 50 because it would be the middle of the list. Plus, yeah. it didn't move at all. That's just my brain working the way it's working right now. Mm-hmm. But no, I think it's fine where it is on the list. I think it's okay. Yeah. I don't think it needs it's... to be any low. I don't think it needs to be higher. No. Maybe a couple slots lower. Maybe. Would you flip it with the deer hunter? No. Would you put, I still would you wouldn't. put the deer hunter above this movie? No. Okay. So you I would still move do deer hunter. Yeah. I would still put this above it because. <sighs> Nostalgia fact, not maybe nostalgia factor, but like respect factor. Because I don't, it's World War II. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But no, I wouldn't put Deer Hunter. I would move Deer Hunter up the list, but I wouldn't put it above this. Okay. I feel like they're comparable films, even and, though I would still suggest Deer Hunter to someone. And it, it's, it all depends upon the person I think you're talking to. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah, like it's you Al said. Al Pacino and Christopher Walken. Or not Al Pacino. 
Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. And <laughs> I, I, they're so interchangeable. They are a little bit sometimes. <laughs> no, I would agree though. You would you because because if it's a, if it's somebody our generation who wants to watch a movie that is this storyline, yeah. you would make them watch the Deer Hunter. Yeah, I would ask them would, to watch Deer Hunter they would or understand. tell them to watch Deer Hunter. But because the, the nice thing is, truthfully, they're both about the same length too. Yeah, they're almost they're both they around the three hour yep. mark. So it's but then if you have a person who likes the older films, you would suggest this film because if they like the older movies, then they probably you know are more. I don't want to. They're not. More, they're more knowledgeable about World War Two. They're probably. Yeah. You know. They're probably. They probably enjoyed that era in general. Yeah. If you so like World like War Two era history stuff, this I would suggest this one. Yeah. yeah. So all right, that's cool. That's cool. Um. Final. That's anything else? That's the only thing I really want to no, talk about that's, because that's it was kind of it. So well, it's a good, it was a nice movie. I didn't nice hate movie. it at all. Like I said, I wasn't going into... It's a little slow in the beginning. It picks up. It does. It, 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 it's a little hard to follow in the beginning. Like, the first 20 minutes or so when they're all... Like, the three veterans are, like, meeting up with each other. Right. They just kind of happen to cross paths sort of thing. Right. Yeah. That's a little slow. But once the plot of the film picks up... I do feel better. like there was, like, the plot of... Al? Is it Al? Al's the older guy Al's with the, the older family. Guy. Yeah. His drinking... Seems? They never really address it, though. No. It just kind of... It happens, and it feels like, oh, this is going to be a plot point. And it's not. And then it just kind of goes away. Yeah. And, never, and then it, 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 it gets passed on to being about Peggy. Yeah. Like, Al kind of is like, oh, it's all this. And then it, he takes, like, a sidestep. Yeah. And that's it. That's a little weird. Better than that. I mean, it's... The movie was probably longer, and they cut it out. Well, apparently, I was just going to I was just gonna look, because apparently I've seen versions where they list it as the theatrical version. Mm. So I'm really curious to know whether or not there is a, like, director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there a longer version of this movie that we're just not aware of? Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah. So, well, what is next week's movie, Lindsay? The next movie is The Bridge on the River Kwai from 1957. Starring... William Holden, Alec Guinness, Jack Hawkins. Obi-Wan. Sorry. And that's about it. That's about it. There's some other people. Well, that'll make their for names. A, an interesting 4th of July weekend podcast. Is that really what ends up on the 4th of July? Uh, yeah, that would be the next week's list. Oh, wow. That's cool. Unless, unless because we are recording this a couple weeks out, unless we decide to do something different for the 4th of July... Because we did briefly talk about doing like a special episode. No, because we already know what we're doing for our special episode now. Are we going to just push it off till then? Yeah. Okay. We still have another one in there we were going to do too. What were we going to do? Well, we were going to do like our, I think we were talking about doing all like, oh, I don't know if we were going to do that at the end. We were discussing about doing like our own, like our movies. Like oh, what we, we can would, save like our for... own personal top ten. Oh my 10. god, the bridge on the river Kwai is another like almost three hour long movie. Yeah, it's two hours and forty. And it's minutes. all about building a bridge and blowing it up. Let's try and eat with that. <laughs> movie. Oh, we will. We will. We didn't eat worry. today. This is just Jeff stuff went to happened. lunch before we recorded and stuff. So yeah, it happened. Yeah, it's fine. So um, but yeah, we'll. So yeah, that that comes out Fourth of July. Yep. We I'm can. So tired. We will be gone. It, like, just hit me like a ton of bricks. Well, I'm so tired. this is the end of the episode. Yeah, I know. So, Lindsay, I'm sorry, everybody. Yawn. I'll be more awake. <laughs> no, I'll be more... This is my second day of working. I'll be more awake for the next episode. I promise. You promise. I promise. <laughs> I'll have, you know, some caffeine and food in me, so I'll be better. Psh, I didn't, didn't have any Coke or anything. Coca-Cola. I really gotta say Coca-Cola, especially because I rub my nose <laughs> as I said Coke because it itches. Anyway, I didn't have any Coca-Cola because I don't want to be kept awake when I get home. Yeah. So. Understandable. Sucks, guys. <laughs> Life sucks. And that's good money and it's an awesome job because it's four hours and I'm done. But it's six days a week and it's really early in the morning. Colin's been doing it for a year and a half. I don't know how. <laughs> 
My he's boyfriend is climbs. a Clydesdale. Yes, he is. He's gonna keep pushing he's through. He's a workhorse. Well, with that, we it's will all uphill from here. Bye, my mom said to me the other day, she's like, "You didn't say goodnight to Radio Raheem." I was waiting. You okay. kept talking. I um, was gonna wait. My mom said to me, she's like, "Why don't you say it's all downhill?" Because I'm like, because the movies don't get crappy as we go <laughs> up the list. Well, we hit episode 37, and then just it's just <laughs> Godfather. Uh, who cares about Godfather that? Godfather Part Two. Who cares? Yeah, man, come on. Citizen it's Kane. a wonderful life. Psh. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah, none of these movies are great films. No, at all. You know what? We are done with this podcast. Okay, bye everybody. For no, the I mean, end. we're done with the show. Nope, like, done. No, no. Just Come kidding. Back. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I hit the mute button. <laughs> Usually, I do that. Good night, Radio Rahim. Good night, Radio Rahim. Good night, CK Dexter Haven. Yeah! <laughs> I love that movie so much. <laughs> Someone buy it for me. I want it. Lindsay will be adding an Amazon wish list yeah. to our page. <laughs> if you'd like to donate any movies to us. If you want to buy me this like $13 movie that I don't want to buy for myself because I'm lazy, please send it to P.O. Box. <laughs> Write to me, st- Stick Stickly, P.O. Box 963, New York City, New York State 10108. Hello, flashback to the early 90s, uh-huh. Nick in the Afternoon. Yep. Wow. Write to me, Stick Stickly, P.O. Box 963. New York City, New, New York, York State, one oh one oh eight. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Please do not actually send any products to the address. <laughs> I don't think Nickelodeon will like it. You should Google it and see what it is now. I will okay. Now. Bye. 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 Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Story Time, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat.